All right, we are in the middle of silly season, aka the transfer window, and always there's lots of stories, some believable and some not. And uh, back in 2009, actually 10 years today, uh, a hoax was exposed, and we actually have the source of this hoax on the line at the moment, Declan Varley from Galway. How are you? I'm good, actually. I'm good. Hard yeah. to believe it's been 10 years of Mossel Bugdove. Yes, Mossel Bugdove. So just to, um, to actually frame this story, so this is a Moldovan footballer. He's only 16 years old, has lots of potential, and according to the Times, at least at one time, he was the uh, he was among the top uh, well the top fifty players in terms of potential. Indeed, he was actually he was in at number thirty in the Times list of top fifty players. He was ahead of uh, of Ozil and uh, Lewandowski, so it, it actually didn't work out as well for him as uh, as it did for the others. But uh, he was highly regarded at one stage. Yeah. So just to paint the picture, maybe why you created this uh, this character or this player, Masal Bugdov, why did you do it? And what was the situation with gossip columns in and around that time? Well, sort of around that time, really, you were you were depending on uh, well, we had moved on from CFAX and Airtel and uh, and uh, sort of it was the beginning of Twitter, but, but Twitter hadn't really sort of evolved. Uh, and so it was a very um, uh, uh, sort of fertile growing ground for um, football rumours to be um, um, circulated. At the time, as, as you know, as a football fan, the football transfer window is fancy time. Yeah, you you scour the media during uh, all of this this month or these two months or three months in the year, whereby you hope that 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 your team will be signing the new next Ronaldo or the next Messi, wherever it is. But um, and often, sort of a lot of the time, it's 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 just t sort of total rubbish, you know. And in, in one sense, what got me thinking about it at the time was that it's the only element of information which we're prepared to be fed rumor or falsehood in one sense. And I think football transfer speculation was the original fake news way before Donald. Trump came up with the term. It's because if we were fed news, say general news, and we sort of only expected it to sort of had a 10% chance of it being true, you wouldn't really accept that. Yeah. But with football transfer speculation, we always do. So I think that, that I wanted to make a point about how far uh, a fake player could fly if he was invented. So I came up with the idea of um, uh, a social experiment whereby I would create a fake player. I gave him the name of Masal Bugdov because it was the phonetic spelling of Masal Bugdov, which is my little black donkey. The short story by Porgo Connery, he's the writer from Galway in the 1930s, whose statue is actually in the middle of Air Square. And he had a story uh, about a donkey, about a man trying to sell a donkey, a useless donkey, and trying to get a better price from it than it was actually worth. Now, in one sense, this was a, you know, a great metaphor for the transfer market because selling useless donkeys is what the transfer market really is. It's about agents selling players for a higher value than they, they probably have. So I just thought that that would be the name I'd go with. I spelt it Masalbugdov as M-A-S-A-L-B-U-G-D-U-V and I had to give him an existence. Now I didn't want to make him a superstar at the time because it wouldn't have flown if he was. I really wanted to make the point that he had great potential. So he was going to be young. He was going to be built like a, a tank, like Wayne Rooney. He was going to be based in Moldova, where, you know, people sort of in this side of the world actually wouldn't be following Moldovan football to the extent that they would know whether he existed or not. So I went on to the Moldovan Wikipedia page, and I just added him to the Moldovan national squad. And um, so... 
in that, I also gave him uh, an assist in his debut for Moldova. I didn't want to give him a goal. Yeah, I didn't want I to make the, him totally yeah. incredible. So, yeah. And it was the, the goal was scored. Now, at the time, there was a player playing for Moldova called Bugiev. And Bugiev actually actually scored against Ireland in the in the qualification rounds for the 2018 World Cup, I think. So... So I think uh, there was a little bit of, uh, of confusion because Bogiev and Bogdov sounded very similar. But this was back in 2009. Around the same time, the movie Borat was out. And you may remember from Borat that uh, he had an agent who was a, a slovenly man, overweight, unshaven. Uh, but the kind of agent you, you, you would like to have to get a, a deal done for you. So I gave him uh, an agent called Sergei Yelikov. And so Sergei Yelikov was the man who was issuing all these press statements on behalf of the young 16-year-old Marcel Bogdov, who had great potential. It was also the era when Sepp Blatter and Cristiano Ronaldo referred to footballers' um, contracts as being uh, akin to slavery. These are remarks which caused great furor at the time in 2009 when they, when they were said. So players at the time were in general seen as being mouthy and whiny and demanding. So it was a, a, a sort of very good environment into which Bogdov could arrive. You know, he, he had a comment to say about everything. He issued a statement about the, the, the interest in joining Arsenal. And I then framed these in the style of Associated Press reports. I just start out every report with AP Moldova Tuesday and then, you know, um, a comment from Bogdov and just send it out on, online, never publishing it anywhere, just saying on sort of on chat boards and message boards, have you seen this? And it flew around the world. It just, it just picked up because football fans will be searching for key terms like Arsenal or transfer or whatever. And um, it, was, it just sort of grew legs and legs. He, uh, I then wanted to develop him further. I had him picked against Luxembourg to play in a World Cup qualifier and he came out with the proclamatory statement that I will destroy Luxembourg and then join Arsenal. But so, so all the Arsenal fans, and it was on the BBC chat board as well, were saying, wow, who's this guy, who's this guy coming, coming through? At the time, Arsenal were renowned for buying potential, a lot of potential which didn't really, uh, wasn't ever fulfilled. But, so he was, he was, um, he was a real character uh, in, in one sense. He was mentioned on Sky Sports News in, in the line of uh, lists of players who are linked with different clubs. You know, sort of during the summer times when, when really, you know, you're just trying to fill space, trying to fill space. I think Mark Hughes, who was manager of Man City at the time, was asked if he'd buy him. And Mark, just obviously never heard of him, had just said, yes, we would not rule anything in or we would not rule anything and out. Actually, just on that, actually, yeah. because the fact that he even just said that, because it, obviously there are scouts and things that deal with that and they have their transfer departments, but even the fact that maybe he didn't want to pretend that he didn't know of certain players, exactly. fake or not, that yeah. says a lot maybe about the football industry too. Oh, it, do, it totally does. I mean, a lot of it is to do with, you know, you don't want to be, uh, you, don't, you don't want to look foolish. You don't want to sort of bugged up to become suddenly successful and Mark Hughes has said, "I've never heard of him." Uh, so, but but, but it's, it's into that kind of environment that you could create something like this. And at the time as well, too, I think Harry Redknapp had said something like uh, he had to go at, at um, unknown players in general, say from the likes of Moldova and Lithuania. He made some comment about saying, "Well, I'm not going to go out and sign an unknown player from Moldova or Lithuania." So Bogdov had a lash back at that in one sense. So he, even this guy, that, even though he didn't exist, he was having imaginary spats with football managers. So basically, the, the whole point was he was staying in the news for, for three quarters of the transfer window in 2008-2009. 
And as the summer progressed without a transfer, obviously he wasn't going to get a transfer because he didn't exist, which, you know, it's a bit of a disadvantage for a player, even though you see Mesut Ozil and, and you wonder why. But he was um, uh, he was linked to Cork City as well in a move that would have seen him loaned to Reading to get around work permit issues. Basically, I just kept feeding the... I needed to have um, a constant flow of information about Mosul Bugdov. And he got a thousand mentions on Google, which was pretty good, um, uh, um, considering he didn't exist. There wasn't... Any photograph of him. There wasn't any video of him. Uh, there wasn't. There were no interviews with him, so, um, uh, audio or, or, or video. Yeah. So basically, he was uh, a thousand mentions isn't bad for a player who doesn't exist. But then he was named on the FIFA site and on Goal.com and on and when Saturday comes, the, 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 the websites as being the only bright spark on the horizon for Moldova amidst all the nationalist strife that was <laughs> that was uh, tearing the country apart at the time. That the only bright spark was this young 16-year-old player. Uh, Marcel Bogdov. So he was he was existing under the radar. Now what happened 10 years ago today was that this, the Times of London, which is the paper, the oldest paper in the world to be covering football, actually compiled its list of the 50 best young players and he was named at number 30. Which yeah, is and amazing. actually I have, the, I have the entry here in front of me. Well, it's obviously, as you said, number 30, he plays for Olympia Balti, Moldova's finest. The 16-year-old attacker has been strongly linked with a move to Arsenal, work permit permitting, and he's been linked with plenty of other top clubs as well. Based yeah. on what was out there, it's not that far off, but of course it is based off of a hoax. In, totally, totally. And that list was syndicated around the world because... January, this time of the year, people see these lists. I'm sure they're in all the papers for the last while during the silly season of the transfer window. And people read them. People want to see the list. So that list was syndicated by the Times, who would be in a very authoritative uh, football publication. And that was sent around the world. And it sort of gathered legs. But, but what happened is that a Russian journalist spotted it, a Russian journalist uh, who covered Moldovan football. And he just made a comment saying, this player doesn't exist, you know? And this was picked up by Slate and a blogger called Brian Phillips, who then went on a, a kind of a, an investigative search to see what was what happening here. And uh, within days, they had um, um, uh, sort of clarified that Bogdov didn't exist, but there was some. But he was at that stage. The Times realised this. They went in to to take him out of the top instead of moving everybody up one and taking him out. They took him out totally, and they replaced him by a player who wasn't in the original top fifty. A player called Jay Simpson, who ironically did play for Arsenal at the yeah. time. So he went from sort of not being in the top 50 at all to suddenly being number 30 in the world. And of course when this mistake was, was highlighted the whole uh, bug dove story sort of sort of grew legs and got bigger and bigger and multiplied. And at one stage, uh, on this day 10 years ago, he was on 106 million hits on Google. Right. So, so Bugdov was pretty big. And if I'd sold him for a penny a hit at the time, I'd have, I'd have made a fortune. But uh, yeah. uh, it wasn't the case, you know, it wasn't the case at all. Now, yeah. what's happened since, though, in, in one sense, though, the, the Bugdov story, it, does, it says more about the state of journalism than it does about the state of football, in one sense, because obviously someone was just asked to sort of pull together a list and went to Mr. Google, and Mr. Google will tell you everything. You know, sort of back in the day, starting out in journalism, you're always sort of told to have, you check your, your, your three sources, the guards, the priest, and the local shopkeeper, and so on and so on. But nowadays, people just sort of just go to Google to get the, the information. And uh, that's what, obviously what happened then, and Marcel Bogdov um, got legs and became the greatest player who never was.
Yeah, and especially because you've done you've done so much work around it. So the Wikipedia is one thing, which is often an easy way to start off. And then after that, those press association reports, or at least the fake ones, they would look legitimate to certain people who might not look too closely. And oh, totally. maybe that also says something about the state of modern journalism, because actually you could just make a phone call. I know Moldova would be a harder place, of course, indeed, to, indeed. to make contact with linguistically and otherwise. But um, the fact that it slips through the cracks does say something, yeah. especially getting up to number 30 as well, ahead of the likes of of Ozil and Lewandowski. Indeed, totally. And I mean, even in 2009, there would have been um, video footage uh, and, and photographs of, of Mossel Bugdov. I mean, the fact that he made it so far, sort of through, through word of mouth, really sort of says an awful lot. Now, um, the Mossel Bugdov story is now, um, it's now a subject uh, on the syllabus on some American universities who, uh, who um, use the, um, the saga as, uh, to investigate the role of truth in digital journalism. So I've been talking to a lot of people like that. There have been the various presentations and papers done on it. Uh, uh, every year there are new presentations where the Mossel Bugdov comes up as the, the sample of how the media sort of can be caught out. It was named the second biggest hole in in um, a sports hoax on the internet there a few years ago as well too. So he does live on even though he doesn't live on, and sort of even though he didn't exist. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a great lesson to us all. And maybe a final point actually, just um, kind of thinking about this story and what transfer gossip rumours are like. I don't know if it's my age now as I've got a bit older, but I don't seem to, I don't really click on them as I used to do, or in the old CFAX days, I think it was page 338 on the BBC, I think yes. it was the place to get them. Um, I used to, you know, I used to consume those voraciously, but now I don't, you know, I wait till a transfer has happened and then, you know, I, I'll read the story then. But I don't know if it's my age or if I'm just not connecting to it anymore, or maybe I just don't care as much about transfer rumours, but I don't know, have you found maybe gossip columns have changed slightly in that sense also? Yes, I think so. I think that we have never had uh, more information at any stage in, in, in the world than we have now. I mean, we can, uh, you can, I think it would Musselburgh have work in this environment. He may or he may not. It's just that everyone's a journalist now and everyone can, can be an investigative journalist now as well using Twitter. So I don't think he would have, he would have flown very long if he had been launched in 2019 as opposed to, 20, uh, to sort of 2009. I think too, um, the, the, um, the way that that's, that's sports or the football transfers are carried out now, the clubs are are playing a more of a game as well too. They make an event of the whole the whole announcement, and uh, even when a player is like 99% uh, assigned, like it's still it's still never never really there. I think, and I think the the fans now are more more dubious of, about and uh, more suspicious of the information we're getting than they were back in that day. You know. Yeah, and also maybe like a growing number of foreign players coming into the league. It doesn't feel as much of a novelty then if there's maybe an unusual name or something like that in comparison to, I know 2009 by that stage, it had actually in the Premier League particularly, there were a lot of foreign players at that point, but um, maybe not even as much as today. Indeed, indeed, and, and that's what the thing about the thing about football fans is that they are prepared to to learn new names and and uh, every year and and sort of to to um, to be assailed with a lot of information about players you've never heard of. I mean, not many people uh, sort of up to now up to this year had heard of Lucas Torreira until until he played for Uruguay in the World Cup and until he joined Arsenal, and now he's a kind of a household name almost. Uh, and 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 players like that. I mean, we new names come along all the time, and uh, um, and new players. And it's um, it's unlikely that that Bugdorf would be as successful now as he would have been ten, ten years ago. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, you mentioned the statue of uh, Patrick O'Connor in Galway. Is there going to be one of Marcel Bugdorf as well, just well, for his own variety? It's funny you should say that in one sense because because uh, the, the pub in Connemara 
Michal Kine's pub, uh, G Kine, in in in, uh, in the far side of Connemara, where me for Portugal Connemara used to drink uh, uh, sort of 60, 70 years ago. Uh, they were fascinated by this story, and they, there was a mannequin uh, of uh, Marcel Bugdov wearing the uh, the Moldovan number 10 jersey, uh, uh, placed in the corner of that pub for a while. So it, it was a real talking point, and uh, and Marcel Bugdov lives on. I mean every. Every transfer window, I still do interviews about the the Dove story. Um, if you Google Dove online, you'll see news stories about it all the time, all over the world, all different languages. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think people love a, a good hoax, and I think of course, uh, it really in one sense it, there was a great Irishness to this hoax as well, because the paper that 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 sort of through which uh, Dove used to issue his statements was a paper which was named Diario Mohon, which is like yeah, basically so, the diary of my yeah. art. <laughs> and uh, so basically, Irish people who spotted this straight away knew it was a hoax. Uh, but a bit, but it sort of certainly caught the rest of the world out. It certainly did. And ten years on, it continues to live on. And uh, of course, it's a really good good-natured hoax as well. And from a journalist's point of view as well, it does kind of make you think a bit about your own industry as well, which is the other great thing. So oh, it does indeed. And yeah. and, and the the official biography of Marcel Bugdo will be published later this year, called Number Thirty. Ah, so good stuff. Good stuff. Greatest player who never was. <laughs> we look forward to that. Anyway. I, sh- I should have sold him though. Perhaps you know. Ah, uh, you should yeah. have just when he, when he was at his peak price. That should indeed. be the time to do it. Totally, you know, but, totally. Yeah. But I say now, and sort of, uh, he had his own Twitter page for a while, and. Um, He's now retired. Obviously, he never got the break. He's he's still only 26, and he's living in somewhere in Paris with the the runner-up in Miss Moldova 2012, I think. So that's that's his life at the moment. Well, it is well for some, as they Indeed, say. Indeed, it is. <laughs> well, Declan Varley, thanks a million for taking the time no and telling telling us that story because 10 years on, it is still fascinating. Thanks a million. You're Cheers. welcome.